we are in the last month of 2022. And this for me personally, is kind of like a um, up and down month where I'm really looking forward to 2023 with a lot of expectation, new things that I'm, I'm like wanting to start. I, I love having goals. I, write to, I like to write goals down. And, but at the same time, I look back to this year and I'm like, oh man, these things I, I had actually written down, I didn't achieve, or maybe I, I thought I would be doing this, I thought I would be doing that. And, and somehow it's like a bit of like a mix, mixed feelings, mixed emotions. But it really, really um, helped me one message from, from Pastor Mark when he shared in, the, in our birthday celebration. And he said something like, like that, like through the ups and downs, whatever happened over the last years, we've been here 13 years as a church and I'm still here. And also Xiao mentioned it last week, you know, as one her one thing from this year, like I'm still here. Like no matter what happens, I'm still here. What has happened? I'm still here. And I'm not talking just here, like physically. I'm here now. We are all here. But I'm talking here, engaged with my mind, with my spirit, with my thoughts, with my attitude, with, my, with who I am. So I'm still here. So I'm really, really encouraged to see myself. I'm still here. And that really helps me to look back over the last year and, and see it a bit more with thankfulness, more than judging myself. You know, I'm looking back saying, God, I'm thankful for what you've done. Maybe it's not everything I wanted to achieve, but I want to look back thankful and look forward also with hope and thankfulness for what God is going to do. So that's what I want to share with you. Like my, um, it's something really important. Uh, I think it's really important. My, my wife and I, we came to church, uh, to this church 11 years ago. And it's crazy, 11 years. And... And I remember how excited I was at the beginning. I don't know, like, if you remember when you first came, everything was awesome, everything. And, and even the annoying person, no, no, everything, <laughs> everything. And, and I remember, like, was there only one service, uh, a few people. And, and I just remember, like, how, like, I was soaking, like, absorbing everything, or, like, the, the word, the worship, I think Jules was leading worship, and I'm like, oh, like, and, and, and then, like, over the years, you can really go into losing that excitement. And I think when we talk, like, about I'm still here, I'm talking about, like, I'm still here as the same as in the beginning, the same passion, the same excitement. It changes, but it is, I'm still here. And, and I, I just love that because... Um, I think that way God really uses us to, to, to take what he's put in us to help other people as well, you know. Um, so no one, want, no one starts a new year wanting to fail. No one sets up the, the year saying, hey, um, this 2023, I'm going to fail. It's going to be terrible. I'm going to get offended. I'm going to walk up the street, be bitter against people like no one starts like that right but it happens every year right it, ha it happens all the time but no one sets up the year like that so I've been I've been part of of this of this uh, as I said like 11 years and I've seen a few things when it comes to church um, things 
I've been leading a few teams, uh, the, the youth, the kids team, the, what else? Welcome home team, community, communication. So I've been through a few. The only thing I was never allowed is to sing. And they gave me, they gave me the opportunity to sing, but I didn't, know that was the, I didn't know that was the audition. So I thought it was like for fun. So I didn't give my best. And then Ben never gave me the opportunity again to sing. Anyway, like, I'm not going to put in my goals this, but, um, um, yeah, so in all of these teams, I've seen people joining team, excited at the beginning, and some people really take off through the year. They start taking responsibility, they see what they can do, they start getting everything they can do. And at the same time, I'm seeing people, again, like, excited at the beginning, and then losing passion, losing, losing track, and even to the point that sometimes even losing living church or even living faith. And I'm like, how can that happen, right? Like, what, what is that, that? How can that happen? So I really, I really want to take time to share this message for us. Like, no matter if you've been here in church for 11 years or 11 months, I think it's really important that well, this, this is what I want to share. Psalm 90 verse 12 says like this, Teach us to number our days that we may get, gain a heart of wisdom. You know, sometimes we, we have told, we've been told like, live every day as if it's your last day. And it sounds really good, but I'm like, I'm going to be really exhausted if I do that every day. Like, after a few days, it's going to be so ordinary that I need to do like, chilling to be different, like Netflix. <laughs> so I don't know, like, I think it sounds good, but I don't think that's a heart of wisdom. I don't think that's what King David is talking here about. How can we have a heart of wisdom? Now we, to navigate everything that we just talked about, we need a heart of wisdom. And, and it's the Bible verse, Proverbs 4.23 says, My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart, for they bring life to those who find them and healing to the whole body. It looks quite important what he has to say. Next sentence says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the curse of your life. Another version says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Above all else, guard your heart, because everything you're going to do in life is going to come from that. You know, we're talking about the heart, the, the, the feelings, the, the emotions. Like, that's what the Bible describes as our, as, as our heart, our, our mind. And, you know, I, I really got my attention because we, maybe for some of you, this Bible verse is familiar. But who writes, who wrote this Bible verse? Who wrote this part? Anyone knows? It's Solomon. Solomon. So, okay. He is known as the wisest man ever lived on earth. The most successful, fruitful, going forward, everything. He was a king, the third king of Israel, and is known as the wisest man ever lived on earth. And it's recorded everything he's saying in God's word. So for me, like, if he's saying above all else, above all else, he has all the money, all the success, all the, and he says about all else, guard your heart, this goes to my top one quotes 
for 2023. I'm going to see a lot of quotes. It's not the latest podcast. It's not the latest YouTube channel. It's not the latest Instagram, nice design, little screen that you can save. It's the wisest man ever lived on earth. And he's saying, above all else, guard your heart because everything you do flows from it. Like, imagine, okay, imagine yourself, you're having a coffee with King Solomon. He's like, hey, can you give me that one tip? It's going to change my life. What do you think he would say? Okay, we got it. Come on. <laughs> um, he's, he was the, I, I just got me thinking, you know, like he was the third king of Israel. He has seen in his own family and in his own kingdom what can happen when you don't guard your heart. He's seen his dad send someone to war to sleep with his wife. He's seen King Solomon turn against David and against God. He's seen things turning in the heart in his own kingdom. And he asked God for wisdom and God gave, me, gave him to wisdom to lead his people. And that's what God gave him. So I think like it's really, for me, like the background, even like when you think about these family trees, what has he probably experienced in, in his own family to see how much damaging can be, that be when you don't guard your heart. So what I want to do today, I want to talk about wisdom that we need from God's word to guard our hearts. Um, <clears throat> as some of you know me, I've been a dad for 16 months now. And yeah, when you when you are that, you learn how to count in months, right? Right, Yanni? Yeah. I just, it's something that you have to learn. And and you know, like I, I remember when this journey started, it was at the beginning, I was like, okay, like this honest moment here. And I was like, after a few months, okay, this is not that bad. Like really, I was like, she's sleeping half of the time. Other half is breastfeeding, or like a Okay. I never said that to Sheila, right? But I'm like, it's actually not that. I'm, it's not like how the people say it is. It's quite quite easy. <laughs> now, after I I, I I thought that everything changed. <laughs> any dads here? Any moms? You know, when you think you mastered something, it's like poof, everything changes. The funny thing, she started to walk. And, 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 and I remember that like everything started to become dangerous in the house. So the thing is like, I'm, I'm, I'm quite a competitive person. So I was like, oh, that's great. I'm going to push her to walk more. And, and, and like, you know, with nine months, she started walking. I'm like pushing her all the time. And then we, talk, we took her to the osteopath, to the osteopath. And then he said like, it's actually not that great that she's walking now. <laughs> Would be better if she starts crawling first. I'm like, oh man, like I should, I should like hold myself back to push it. Like, come on, keep walking. And so we tried to help her how to crawl. And we actually didn't know how to do that. And we, Sheila and, my, and I were saying, maybe she just sees us all the time walking and she wants to walk. So let's start, let's start crawling. So you should have seen us in the living room crawling and saying, Joy, Joy, look at. Uh, that, it didn't work. It didn't work at all. But that's that's what we what we tried. Yeah. Anyway, um, 
the, the whole point was like the, that, that I, I realized that everything at home started to become dangerous for her. And then she was putting these little uh, things on the power plugs. So she had them, just put the little fingers. We need to teach her how to not come close to the oven. Not to, I, I turned, I was painting one day and I turned around and she had a cutter in her hand that I just left there. I'm like, oh, if Sheila sees that, like she was like looking at me like that. So really quick, we saw that we need to protect her in a house and, and, and was like different ways of doing it. Nothing is the, is the same way happens with what God is talking about, about putting boundaries to protect our heart because he knows everything we do is going to be affected from 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 our heart, right? You know, as a, as a father, I also noticed like I want to be there to protect our family. And it doesn't mean this cliche of like the strong man ready to fight and ready to, you know, like I'm just here to protect. Uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't mean that. I think like um, in 11 years living in Berlin, I didn't have to fight someone coming in my home to steal something from us. I think we live in a pretty safe part of the world, right? And, and I never seen in my situation in a violent situation, I need to protect my family and, and, and defend that. Like, I never seen myself on that. But I realized sometimes it is my own responsibility to guard that home in a different way, which is taking responsibility for what do I bring into my home. You know, like I can bring things that are gonna steal the joy of our home. I can bring things that are gonna steal the peace of my home. I can bring things that are gonna bring stress, unnecessary stress. So it comes from the inside, it comes from the heart. It doesn't come from like a, from the outside most of the times. And for me, it looked like sometimes when I had a hard day with my work colleagues or with the <laughs> or, or different or difficult situation, it could be like a little thing that just stacks in your mind and you come with a bad mood. I had to stop myself outside of the door and ask myself, what am I bringing into my home today? You know, can I leave it outside? I had to force myself to do that because I knew no one is gonna get better. We are not gonna be better if I bring things like that in. So it's, I, I, I think it's called like that strength to stop ourselves, that strength that we need to stop ourselves that's gonna help us to move forward. You know, it's kind of like interesting, right? Like we think of moving forward, but sometimes we need to stop ourselves and say, what do we need to leave out that's not coming in? Okay, I have a question. Are you still with me? Yep. I have a question with you, for you. Um, it's a really interesting question. What is more important in a car? The engine power or the brakes? In a car, what is more important, the engine power or the brakes? Engine power, brakes, brakes, engine. Let me check what my notes say. <laughs> no, what, what is more important? But you will not need the you don't need the brakes if 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 you don't have engine. But if you have engine and you will have no brakes, you're gonna crash, right? So could it be that? Both are important. It depends on what you need for each moment, right? If you need to brake, you need brake power. If you need to accelerate, you need the engine. So it depends on what you need 
if if the brakes will guard you from from crashing, and and the and the engine will gonna help you to accelerate and move forward. And you know, I just got this. I just uh, got this idea, and I thought, like, man, like brake power is as important as horsepower, right? You go to buy a car, you always been given this, like, oh, that has so many horsepower and all that. But we already have as a given that the car has brakes as well, right? So the the title of this message, I I, I call it. If you want taking notes, brake power. You know, in the in the next in the next weeks in the next weeks, I'm sure you're gonna be on your social media. You're gonna have hundreds, thousands of accounts, things posting about what do you need to do to move forward. Lots of things. I'm just I'm I'm like okay, but you will not have anyone telling you what do you need to protect, what do you need to guard so that you can apply the other things as well, right? So that's, that's what I like. <laughs> I like um, God's, God's word because they, God gives us both. He gives us what we need to move forward and he gives us what we need to stop and control and apply that break, break power that we need in our lives. Um, I don't know if, if, you, if you know me, you probably know that I love Formula One. Anyone else here loves Formula One? Everyone's at the back with the Formula One lovers. That's awesome. Front as well, yeah, Formula One. Awesome. Right. Um, Formula One car can go from 320 kilometers per hour to zero in four seconds. They say, like, they have more G-force to brake. They have, like, to suffer more G-force than to accelerate. That's a really good example for me. And, And, you know, so I thought, like, I would like to share with you seven things in the time I have left <laughs> on what can we all do to guard our hearts in 2023. Or in the Formula, Formula One language, where do we need to apply brake power? Yeah? Okay. Yeah, you with me? I hope I don't lose you, but all right. Okay, I want to show you one thing. This is a Formula One track going to come up on the screen. Anyone that loves Formula One want to guess which one is it? It's uh, Austria, Austria one? <laughs> but anyway, Formula One track, the, the funny thing, it has seven, seven turns. The Austrian one. So it's really cool. I thought it really, for, for purposes, for, for illustration, it can be really good. Do you know, like, the, the Formula One drivers, they have to learn every turn of the track to know where to apply brake power. They, you know, like the, the straight lines, they don't have names, but every turn has a name. Sometimes they're named after people that crash there as a honoring memory in that, that person. Other times it's give like honor, honoring moments of people, but every turn, turn has a different name. So the, Formula One drivers, they have to memorize every single every single turn if they don't want to crash and know how much. So I took the the, the freedom to rename some of the turns, as you can imagine. <laughs> but imagine if this is your track on 2023. 
this is your year, 2023. This is the starting point here. And then we're going to go turn one, turn two, turn three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah. So I, I just tried to rename a bit of the, of, of, of the things. So just so we can memorize them well. You, shall we go together with this? Yeah. Right. I think it's a little car there. Look at this. I didn't do, it's, it's a good advantage of having a programmer friend. He did like little animation. So we are now at turn number one. It's called A Divided Heart. Do you find yourself lacking conviction, being indecisive or double-minded? James 1, 5 to 8 says, If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and He will give you, He will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask Him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver for a person with divided loyalty is an unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. The loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they're unstable in everything they do. Divided heart will help you to be unstable in everything you do. You know, I think like if, if we find ourselves in this turn, we need to apply that break power. I say, I'm not going to let my heart to be divided. I need to check my heart. I'm going I'm to stop here. And, and, and James is writing here the solution already. He says, if you need wisdom, ask a generous God. We, we, we need to start like our, our trust, starting this year, putting our trust in Him alone. In Him alone. So I think that's what something is really we can apply already in the first, in the first time thing. Yeah? Should we go to turn number two? All right. Turn number two. This is a good one. Unfulfilled expectations. This is usually not the first turn of the year. It happens as you go, right? I should be already ahead by this time. I started the year thinking this and this and this, and I haven't achieved it. You start like blaming others. You start thinking like, is it my fault? Is it someone's fault? Who's you start to find someone to blame? You know, when my wife and I, we finished uh, art uni and, and we, we did some exhibitions. We, we went to New York for a scholarship. We were a few months there. Then when we came back to Spain. It was a really tough time. Was, I don't know if, you, if anyone remember like the crisis from 2008. So we came, on to, came back 2009 and, and it was not much happening in the year. Personally, in my life and career. And I thought like, Okay, so why is why is not why is this not moving forward? Like, I'm applying everything I know, I know everything everything I'm doing, but it's not moving forward. So I found myself starting to blame the external things. I started to blame the crisis. Oh, this is because of the crisis. Oh, this is because I live in Spain. Oh, this is because I live in the south of Spain. Is it because it's too much sun that I want to enjoy so much and I not have rain days to be inside home? No, no, that's not true. But I started to blame everything around. And the funny thing is when you start blaming, where do you stop? Where do you draw the line until it's too close? Until you start blaming your own family, 
your wife, your husband, you like where, where do you stop the blame? And and you know like that time it really um, teach me a big big lesson personally. And I love I, I had lots of Brazilian friends. I love Brazilian Brazilian friends. Any Brazilians, right? Um, I love Brazilian at least the ones I know because they have such a making it happen spirit. And and you know what you know why because. When everyone was, I had a, a few Brazilian friends in Spain, and they all moved from Brazil. They started opening businesses. They started doing like uh, lots of things. Moving forward, at one point bringing the families over, and really everything they were doing was moving forward. And this one friend I had, I asked him. They were coming to church, bringing bringing friends to church. They actually, you know what? Actually, they they built a new venue for the church out of the business out of the business flourishing in a few in a, just a few years and I'm like man these people like and, and I asked one day this one friend he was a couple of years younger than me and he I asked him like why 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 if everyone is talking about crisis why is no one is doing anything and you guys are like always moving forward and opening more things and more ideas and more vision why are you why are you doing that if everyone is around all the Spanish people are saying that no, hold, hold back because we are in crisis right now. It's not time to invest. It's not time to spend. It's not time for... Why are you doing that? And then he said something like really stuck with me all these years. He said, you know what, Andres? In Brazil, we always had crisis. <laughs> we had to learn to live with it. We could not blame it on it. We had to learn to live with it. Like... I don't know, like, and for me it was like, wow, like that's a totally different mindset. You know, this, this friend, eventually they moved back to Brazil after a few years with the family and went to restart the family there. And he, he passed away just a couple of years ago and really sad, like young person and, and with a heart condition. And he left behind a wife and two daughters. But I thought, man, like, what a great way to live your life. Like not holding anything back, not not holding for when it's better, not holding for when it's like, oh, like I, I just living your life, making it count, and moving forward. You know, like and not blaming the circumstances around. So I think like it's something I, I personally took for my life. And eventually we moved to Germany. We came to Berlin, and and it's not that this place is different. That's why it's something better working. It's because we had to change our mindset. It's something we had to change. So if you if you find yourself gonna hit this turn number two, ask yourself, you know, like, are you blaming the externals? Are you blaming the friends you have? Are you blaming the church? Are you blaming the economy? I, I, I refuse to go into this next year. All my feet on YouTube. Worse is yet to come. Don't invest anything into the next 18 months. Don't do anything. Stay at home. I'm like, if I would click on every single video on my YouTube feed, I would be so worried. Like I would not do anything. But I refuse to go with that mindset again into blaming that everything is happening in my life is because the economy, world economy. We still can use that to move forward, yeah?
Right, the time is running, so I'm gonna hurry up a bit. Turn number three, taking offense. Guard your heart from offense. You know, we 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 all come from different different places, backgrounds, and and it's easy to 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 be offended. I think church is a perfect place to be offended. Just hang out for two, three weeks, and you will have great opportunities to get offended. <laughs> you know, but I think it comes usually from insecurity. You know, it's something, again, that comes internal. So we need to protect our hearts from taking offense. And, you know, we, we, we had with Breakfast Club, Constantine and myself, we were working on some wristbands that were called unoffendable. We need to bring that back for this year. But what a good way to say, you know, I'm so secured in Christ that I'm unoffendable. Nothing you can say, nothing you can, is gonna, I'm gonna take in my heart. I'm gonna keep a thick skin, but a soft heart, yeah? So I think that's one thing for next year. Like really, let's use the break power if we are, if we are there. Turn number four. We're halfway through, let's go. This honesty, this honesty. You know, we, are, we, are we really honest? When, when we talk about dishonesty, you know, like what? I think some of the things that, that this dishonest is connected, it's not like, I'm not talking that much about cheating or anything like that. I'm talking about um, being scared, maybe, fearful, and trying to cover up. You know, I think it not, it, nothing good comes out of it. Like, if I think also, like, as, as men, like, we can sometimes like hold so many things that we don't share, even when it comes to mental health or things like that, and, and just cover up, cover up, cover up, and it never is gonna get better. Like, I, I, would, I would say like, we need to be as honest as we can in this year, 2023. I'm not saying about being a transparent book, it's not about like, but be as honest as you can. You know, find people that you can share, find friends that you can be together and share your challenges. And I think that's really, I think that, that I think it will, if we find ourselves hitting that, that corner, uh, we need to hold and say, hey, I'm not gonna let this just get into my heart. The best thing is to do something about it. Find someone that you can talk with, yeah? Okay, point number five, comparison. That's, that's a good one. It's all connected to superior and inferior, right? I don't think it's God's intention for life to live a life of comparison. Uh, in his word, in Ephesians 2.10 says, for we are God's masterpiece. He's created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. You know, we are not perfect, we know, in our own strength, but for God, he sees us as his masterpiece. He sees us as his masterpiece. Why are we comparing ourselves? He says that you are my masterpiece. Don't need to compare yourself with anything else. Let's compare ourselves with what God says from us, yeah? And the only thing is gonna, is gonna help us is to say, I'm better than you, or I'm worse than you. That's all comparison does. If I check my Instagram account and I compare it with Dab's Instagram account, if you have more followers, I'm gonna feel Oh man, uh, I, but I'm super competitive. That's the thing. Like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm gonna. But if I, if you have less, I'm gonna say, oh, I feel better. It's just real. I mean, just an example. But you can apply with everything, with salaries, with any. Oh, 
If I earn more than the average, I feel better. If I earn less, I feel inferior. Right? We, it's this game that we can always, always play. So I really need to remember, we're talking here about guarding our hearts. And, and, and it's real. I think it can happen to all of, all of us. And it doesn't happen usually at the beginning of the year. It happens also halfway through. When you think, oh, I should be ahead. I should be ahead then. then. And, you know, like I, I, it usually comes like a thought, unexpected, that sneaks in. Like, I don't think never, I never, um, I never sit down, sat down with Sheila and say, hey, let's compare ourselves with other people. Right? Did you ever do that? I'm gonna sit down and see who can I compare myself today with? Like, it's not like that, it's a thought, little thing that becomes big. Maybe like I see a dad in the foyer holding up the, the kid and I'm like, wow, it looks like they are enjoying it. I, I, I don't have a kid yet. I, I should be ahead. Right? Like, and that gets on and on and on and on. Like that doesn't, it's not going to build anything in our lives. Could be with anything, with relationships. I should be ahead. Why are they so happy? And I'm not. Right? Like, it's never going to bring a good outcome. So we really need to protect our hearts from comparison. And let's remember, we are God's masterpiece. Number six, two more to go. Envy comes from discontentment. You know, it's similar. Like, I'm not happy with what I got. We have this, we have this thing of, of, you know, I think things connected to forgetting also to be thankful for what you have and, and just start looking over, other, over, the, over the fence. We always say this thing, right? Like the grass is, is greener on the other side, but it's not true. The grass is greener when you, when you water it, right? You can water your own grass. Don't look at the, at the neighbor's fences. Now we have plants at the office and the plants are green because Rasmus is watered in them every, every week. And good, all right. So don't allow envy to take you out. Number seven, jealousy. And jealousy is connected to inadequacy, resentment, insecurity. Feeling inadequate, inadequate means I don't measure up. I don't feel like I'm good enough. And you know, we're not talking here about doing this in our strength. We're talking to do it with Christ. You don't need to be good enough. Actually, His power has more strength in our weakness. And in Christ, we are good enough. It's not how can I how can I feel myself that I that I'm much here. Like he, the thing that we know is that we're never gonna be good enough, and that's what we need Christ. And 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 I I just like you know all these things are so easy to sneak into you, little thought, little thing that we, that will allow ourselves. So I think with all these thoughts we can take them captive to Christ and see what does he say about us in his word, yeah? Just to, to bring this message to a close and, and this is godly wisdom we were talking here, like how to apply a break power and you know, I, I, I don't know if any one of you watch any Formula One Formula One race we know we know that Everything is, this all the theory. How to make the perfect corner. 
But the reality is that anything, hap anything can happen. Unexpected things. Um, sometimes people crash. You can see the little animation there. <laughs> so what do you do when you crash? What do you do when you set your, as we said at the beginning, no one sets up the year to crash. But what do you do when you, when you, when you fail? So I want to really give you quickly, just here, quickly, four things, three things that I do when I lost track. I need to stay in the track. So when I'm, I feel like I'm uh, focused on a different thing, when I feel like I, I, I messed it up, three things. It's going to be a thing. Like if you're taking notes, it's really, really helpful. When I forget what to do, I need to ask myself, am I thankful? Am I worshiping? And am I taking communion? Really simple things. When I forget what to do. When I forget where to go, I need to ask myself, am I meditating in his words? Am I going to his house? Am I running to his presence to receive from him? When I forget what to say, I need to ask myself, am I declaring God's promises and goodness over my, my life? Am I praising his name? You know, like it's all, all connected to, am I doing what I know? It's not the complicated things, it's the simple things. I, I love like, I'm just gonna say it by head, some, some definition I heard about success and failure. Was like failure is like a errors in judgment repeated over time. You know, little things repeated all the time, over time, is gonna lead us to fail. But success is the same. Little things, these little things applied over time. We're gonna see how we gonna, we all gonna, the goal of this year is that we're gonna see ourselves by the end of 2023 and say, I'm still here. I'm still here, I'm going for God. I'm going for, for, for His promises. My life is full of purpose on Him. I want to help other people. I'm not here just for me, I'm here for others. You know, so I think like whatever, God, whatever you are in your journey, as I said, you could be maybe 11 years here or you could be 11 weeks here. But I think the goal for all of us is to be doing this journey together. And also like exactly inviting Christ into our lives. All of this with his strength, yeah?